My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I am so excited today. We have one incredible guest coming on. The guest I'm introducing you to is Lisa Drennan. She is the founder of I Date Money, a wealth activator who has been in the finance and insurance industry since 1987. She went from self-sabotage, but from there, she rewrote her money story, paid off 100K in debt in, in six months by implementing her unconventional money multiplier system. This strategy enabled her to retire two and a half years early and move into her dream home on the beach, you guys, as a millionaire. She is now on the mission to help 1 million women become millionaires as well without sacrificing, you know, their, their self-sovereignty by falling head over heels in love with money. Who doesn't love money, you guys? She's also the host of I Date Money and Forgiving the Girl Inside, a matter of the heart podcast. So welcome to the show, Lisa. It is so good to have you here. How's it going? Thank you so much, Brittany. I love your energy. It's going really well. You know, it's uh, it's a beautiful sunny day every single day and life is awesome. So yeah, loving it's incredible. it. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. You guys, she's all the way in Florida on the beach and she is just living her best life. So, you know, Lisa, I know I kept it quite brief introducing you. If there's anything you want to add in or, you know, mention before we dive into our hot topic here, now is a great time to do that. Yeah, you know, you covered it really well, but just the the idea that, you know, I personify money because money, if money was a person, what kind of relationship do we really have? And when I was younger, you know, I come from a family of entrepreneurs. They were always hustling and, and bustling, trying to get money and, and all these businesses that they started and failed. And it really taught me a lot because I had a nine to five, plus I had a side gig. And, you know, being in the finance and insurance industry, I was able to branch out and bring in multiple income streams throughout my career, which was really, um, it was, it was just a blessing to have this multiple income streams coming in. But my relationship with money was, oh, get away from me. You need to go on auto pay. Uh, you don't stick around very long. And are you really dependable? So I had this fear that there wasn't going to be enough. And, you know, when I say overcoming self-sabotage to sovereignty, it's because I literally had a problem with overeating, over drinking and overspending. And some of the experiences and choices I made when I was a kid prior to age 17, I had two abortions. I found myself pregnant three times and two of them ended in abortion. And I felt so shitty, just crappy. And I literally just pushed the pain away. And every time like money would come in, I'd be like, I don't deserve this. And I would push that away. So I, I spent a good two decades just pushing money away, pushing people away. And I just self-sabotaged my whole thing and created $100,000 worth of debt by being addicted to 0% credit cards. So that kind of um, is how I got started in wealth activation and why I'm doing why I want people to have a really solid relationship with their money so they too can become millionaires and do good things with the money that they do have and know that there is plenty, there is abundance of money. 
It is out there. Lisa, I just want to thank you for, you know, getting vulnerable with us and showing the real, you know, we're all human. And when you're able to share that, you know, it does relate to people listening. And I think it speaks such volume. So I appreciate that. Now, let's talk a little bit about, you know, the topic, why you date money. I mean, you know, there's so many of us out there that think, oh, no one will buy this. No one will like talk about, well, there's such an abundance and overfilling amounts of money out there. The money's there. And why do you, why do you date it? Let's talk about that. Yeah, we date money because everything is in a relationship. When you think about a relationship, you put, you nurture it, right? You, know, you have your acquaintances, you have your frenemies, you have your lovers, your partners, your best friends, you know, like right. your sisters, your siblings, whatever. When you think about money in this terms, you can really relate to it and say, okay, if you truly were a person, how would we connect? How would we have this reciprocal energy of giving and receiving like all relationships have? And what do you put into it? Because whatever you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. And so many of my clients, when they first come to me, they have no clue how much money they are making. They have no idea what the numbers are. And I'm like, well, money doesn't like to be treated like a number. And if you think about like, you know, when you go to your nine to five, a lot of people feel like numbers or, you know, if you're building your business and, you know, you're not closing on your sales calls, you're thinking it's, it's all about the numbers, but it's not about the numbers. It's about the relationship. It's about how you're nurturing it. How are you spending time with money? Are you paying attention to all the things that money has afforded you? And why do you believe that debt is bad? Like so many of us believe that, oh, you got to, you know, be debt free and, and have no mortgage, have no, but why? Why can't you leverage your debt to build your wealth and multiply your money? So one of the things my money multiplier system incorporates in 1992, when I was working at Social Security Administration, that was my career job. I was working with a client setting up the retirement portfolio. And he says to me, you know, I know I just came here and got advice from you and we set up all of these things, but is it okay if I give you advice? I'm like, absolutely. He goes, do you like to read? Avid reader. Read the book, The Richest Man in Babylon. I'm like, okay. And I did. He said, if he read this book when he was my age, he would have been a trillionaire. He started reading it when he was 62 and he was close to being a millionaire. And he wow. just wished he wanted to tell all the young people to do this. So that's why I tell everyone, read the book, The Richest Man in Babylon. My money multiplier system is created from this book, two parts of it. So the money multiplier system is, is implementing a strategy with mindset and management while you're having fun with finances, you're giving and receiving, and you're multiplying your money, you're making it grow. And the third part is the fun money. The fun money is from my, when I became a certified financial coach, they insisted that you had to have 10% fun money. And as you got older, you can increase that money because you know, you're, you're towards the end of your life. And I was like, there's no way I am spending 10% of my money on fun. Who does that? Right. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't do it. So I had to give myself a challenge. So I did a $20 challenge and it was actually created by Rachel Cruz from Dave Ramsey's daughter from, you know, the Dave Ramsey financial guru who I've been following for years and years. And all you had to do is take $20, throw it in an envelope and give yourself a couple of days to think about what you wanted to spend $20 on. And then by the end of the week, go out and do the thing. And it could be anything. It could be an experience. It could be, you know, um, something tangible, whatever. 
So I thought about it and I'm not, I'm a minimalist when it comes to clothing. I grew up super poor and I never had a lot of money for clothes. Started working 11 years old full-time in the summers to buy my school clothes. So whatever you can buy on a dollar an hour, 40 hours a week um, with your school clothes, that's what I got. I'd literally have like three pairs of pants and two shirts. So I always wanted a pair of black jeans. So I decided where can I get a pair of black jeans for 20 bucks? Marshall's or TJ Maxx. So I went, I found five pair, tried them all on, two fit. One was $17, one was $12. I bought the $12 one and I ended up getting like a necklace to go with it. And it was the best purchase. I still have those jeans. This was in August of 20 when I did this challenge. They still fit beautifully. They're still dark. And, you know, and I thought, what a great way. And that the the feeling I got investing, spending time with money, really being conscious of that taking that paper, like, right. Like I have a $20 bill right here. Where is it? Taking this and feeling it is a lot different than swiping it. So when I put the $20 in my pocket, just like that song, <laughs> you put the $20 in your pocket and you go and you treat yourself. It, the sense of joy and this feeling of power and security, it's like, I can, I get to do this. Right. So then it was so simple to take 10%. And watch my money grow. And then, you know, I started shopping around for interest accounts and savings because my savings account was 0.05%. I'm like, what? I can get like 3% over here. Why don't I move my bank? I was married to the bank 30 years. No, we're not married to anything. We need to improve. We need to transform. We need to grow. So I transferred my money. And like within the first three weeks, my money, the interest on my money grew so rapidly. I was like, okay, what else can I invest in? So it got to be fun. We got to, we get to have fun with finances while we're working through and rewriting our money story and, and saying to ourselves, I'm sovereign. I got this. I'm a financial genius and I get to do this. I get to multiply my money in a fun way. I love this. Ah, it's so amazing. You know, and like you mentioned, we're not married to anything. If we need to switch it up, do it. Yeah. I have a, the money dating game on my website. It's an experience. You get to go through it and meet seven money personalities. And there's a money meditation, which is really powerful to get you started and primed for the dating game. And you meet the different money personalities. And as you're meeting them and interacting, you're thinking like, oh, I recognize that in myself. And who do I want to partner with? Who do I want to be more like? You know, it's like the dating scene, like, you know, you swipe right on money, you know, when you swipe right on money, you're looking at each profile and you're like, yeah, I want to be like Maverick, the moneymaker or Ian, the investor. Ian's the most popular guy right now, but Maverick's catching up. <laughs> this is the best. Oh, I love it. You know, what you're doing is incredible. And, you know, I kind of wanted to dive in a little bit more because I just, everything, you're adding so much value. And I really want to dive in a little bit more into regards to, you know, how it all multiplied your empire when you partnered with the money, like, do you mind going to even more detail about that? Because I just find it so interesting. Yeah. What, what was your question about how I, how the empire? Yeah, yeah. And like, I know you touched on this and whatnot, but if you even want to go into more detail, I mean, that's, I think yeah. it's incredible what you're doing and how you did it. So I'm super interested. So I was afraid to invest 
And when I, I was a real estate broker, I was a bankruptcy paralegal, a real estate um, paralegal, and now I'm an insurance broker. So, you know, investing strategies always was kind of fearful. I remember being in high school and reading all the stocks and the codes. And I was like, what is this? Mm-hmm. You know, and so when I was working in my nine to five, they offered a 401k and I was just like, okay, you know, what's the best strategy? And, you know, my husband and I had talked about it, reading the book, The Richest Man in Babylon, really making money grow for you. And in the book, he talks about your gold having babies. So gold would be money. Like you want your money to have babies. You want great, great, great grandchildren. How do you do that? So if you think about, if you just invested, like if somebody is 20 years old and they invest a hundred dollars into say a Roth IRA or, mm-hmm. you know, even a bank account with an interest rate, a CD of say four or 5%, by the time they're 60, they're going to have over a million dollars. And all they invested was a hundred dollars. And if you think about how we just blow a hundred dollars, I mean, you go out there. Yeah. It's so easy to blow a hundred dollars, but what if you just took that hundred dollars and let it have babies and grandchildren and great, great grandchildren, how I know. And it's so simple that we miss it. So what I did for me, I went bankrupt at 22 years old. I was a single mom and I was working as a bankruptcy paralegal. My job was to create budgets for people after they filed for bankruptcy. So they wouldn't be there again. So I felt like two inches big. I felt just like, really, how stupid are you? You had to file from bankruptcy. I had $32,000 worth of debt. Somebody in my family had forged my name on a loan that I was responsible for. And that was part of it. And so, yeah, I had a really like entrepreneurs. I did not even like, because in my mind, they were like, they took advantage of you. Yeah. And now I know like my grandfather was an entrepreneur. He was a cobbler. He owned his own shoe store and he made his own shoes. And he was a beautiful entrepreneur and very wealthy and all that. And I was like, well, why don't I just model myself after him instead of all these? So here I am going bankrupt, feeling, you know, creating all these budgets, hating. I hate the word budget. Right. So I said to myself, I will, I will, I will file. I'll never do it again. And I set up my accounts like I used the money envelope system at that time. So I wanted it to be electronic. I wanted to save the money in interest-bearing accounts. So I set up several bank accounts and I put everything on auto pay. So I had a housing account. I had a savings account for my emergency fund. I had an account for giving. I had an account for clothing, for Christmas, all these different bank accounts. And I, and I maxed out my 401k. And I, every single time I got a raise, I would increase my contribution to my 401k and I would get so angry because it'd be like, all my money is gone. I have nothing left. What I didn't pay attention to was I was investing my money, but because we see this and we exchange it and it goes into an investment account that we don't touch or that we're restricted to wait till we're, you know, 59 and a half or whatever, we don't believe that we have it. So I didn't pay attention to it. And my husband's like, let's every, every day, my husband looks at the money and, you know, like, let's, this is what we have. This is what, like, this is how it's grown. Let's see, let's put our money here, put our money there. And I wouldn't do it. He's like, you need to do this. You know, and I'm in my thirties and I'm like, I know I can't touch it. I don't care. So I just let it ride. And then twice a year, I would look at it every January and every July. And I would be like, yay, who cares? It grew. Because I can't touch it until I'm 59 and a half, which was a lie. And but this is what I told myself, right? So all these years I let it ride. I didn't pay attention until I did. And when I was 40 years old, I hired my own. um, I went through my own little thing, and I I I was by the time I was 50, and I realized I carried a hundred thousand dollars worth of debt. 
I hired a mindset, a money mindset coach who used art to help me break through all these beliefs, these idioms that I had. And when I sat down, I had to draw out my portfolio, my money portfolio and my assets and my debt in pictures. And I cannot even draw a stick figure. Okay. (laughs) But when I looked at this drawing and I saw I had over $2 million, I was like, say what? And even when I used that money to pay off my debt, I still was a millionaire. I was like, wow. And I just cried and cried and cried. I'm like, I did that. And even though I didn't pay attention to it, I'm like, imagine how much more it would have grown if I would have paid attention to it. You know, I mean, it would have just multiplied and just twice a year strategically implementing like, okay, what's the best stocks? What's the best mutual funds? Let's move this percentage over here. You know, at one point I had so much money I could buy Warren Buffett stock and it's like, Look at me go. Wow. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You're like, hell yeah. I can yeah. do this. Like yeah. switching that mindset. Yeah. But it took me a long time because, you know, like that was 40 years old when I invested. And I was just like, yeah. But because of my abortions, because of my choices, because of that debt, I didn't give myself any credit. And it was always, you're not good enough. You can't do it. You suck. You're not, you know, who do you think you are? Mm-hmm. And this going back to this childhood of, you know, rags to riches, my parents were divorce. So they lost their businesses were tied together. So my mom lost everything, had to start all over again. So we went through this rich, poor cycle. And then she point where it was always just, there wasn't enough. You have to borrow from Peter to pay Paul. And, you know, she liked to invest in real estate. They were big. My mom's side of the family was big on investing in businesses in real estate. And my dad was like, you know, the businesses for like, they were both cosmetologists, barbers, whatever, but he was also into construction. So he liked to build the houses. So, you know, that it's kind of neat how my background is kind of like the same, you know, like I was a real estate paralegal for a long time. And then I went into the insurance with social security. And so I like how it all just ties together. And they say there's the generational, our generations affect us and how we choose to invest our money. And like my thought of my family on my dad's side, not good entrepreneurs. That's what I focused on. But when we can focus on that good entrepreneur, my grandfather, who was very, very successful, who had a great heart, was very giving, I get to choose. Like we get to choose what we what we focus on. And it makes all the difference on what we do focus on. I mean, but you're you're so right. And there's gonna be people relating to the fact that, you know, we have we all have those traumas and those those limiting beliefs based on, you know, what we've been through or or, or how we grew up, you know, especially, you know, our parents, a lot of our parents are either not entrepreneurs or they, or they are, and they're not as successful or who knows what the case might be, but looks like you are a generational curse, uh, uh, not curse. You, you broke the generation, generational curse is what I meant to say. Yeah. And like all the fears and limiting beliefs, like you overcame them. Now, do you think that a, like reading the book, the richest men in Babylon and like getting the mindset coach and all that was like a huge pivot for you. Or what would, what would you say is the biggest pivot for you in order for you to have been able to get to this point today? Yeah. I mean, the book, I, I still read the book once a quarter. Um, I'm actually going to start in my group. Um, we're actually going to do a book study on it because it's just so powerful and the tools are so simple. And I've been doing that since 1992. So that definitely wasn't the pivot. My biggest pivot was realizing that the choice that I made to abort two children really impacted the way I felt about myself, you know, and if you don't like yourself, how is anyone else going to like you? 
and really coming to the terms. And it's not a one and done thing. It's something I work on every single day, always improving. I mean, I never, I never will feel I'm not good enough. And I always worry about like, am I good enough? But just like I had to learn my job at social security and get the skill set and become what expert I was when I worked there, just like I had to take tests and exams to be a licensed insurance broker, you know, selling health insurance and life and all of that. I had to learn these skill sets. And the more I do it, the better I get at it. And with the mindset, these things always pop up. Like there's memories that I haven't even uncovered yet and peeling back so many layers mm-hmm. and going through and saying like, you know, when we break habits, it's a choice. Like, you know, I, I smoked for years, you know, cause I had a panic, but now I'm a certified aromatherapy practitioner and I use oils with breath work, which I, so I don't need the cigarettes anymore. So I replaced the cigarettes with the oils and was able to break that bad habit. And who says it's bad or not, right? It's just something that we do. Who defines what's right or what's wrong? So when I think about what I don't like about myself and how I would rather be, then I get to choose and then finding that. And this is a new skill set for me because, you know, you, you know, you have the options and it's so easy. It's so simple, but we don't do it because taking the action, it's so easy to fall into those same patterns because we're comfortable and to step out of our comfort zone and break those patterns. That's the hardest thing. So my biggest pivot point was using the artwork, getting into my money story and rewriting it because I'm not a creative. I don't draw. I don't color. I'm not, I just, it's not, I I mean, I'll do it, but it's not something I absolutely enjoy. But tapping into that side of my brain really helped me to see that I get to do these things. I get to change my perspective by by, by trying new things and listening to my intuition and saying like, you know what? that's not setting right with me. Why don't I like this about myself? What can I do to improve this skill? And like, and and how does it help me grow? And how does it keep me in this comfort zone? And that is every single day, every single day we have to do this. Love that. Thank you, Lisa, for sharing that with us. And it is an every single day is every single day. We have to work on that every single day, you know, and train ourselves to switch that mindset pattern that we're used to, we've been used to for most of our lives, right? A lot of the time. Yeah. It's like incredible. Now I wanted to just take the last little bit of time here to talk a little bit about, you know, your, your podcast, I date money and for giving the girl inside a matter of the heart. So what were the intentions behind it and where is it at today? Yeah. So I'll start with, we're giving the girl inside a matter of the heart. That was my first podcast. Um, it launched on YouTube um, in July of 20, August of 20, I believe. And then I brought it over to the podcast about a year later. And it's just stories of women who have had abortions, lost children through miscarriage or death, you know, at a very young age. And they're just heart centered stories because most women who have experienced this sort of loss blame themselves. Mm-hmm. They believe there was something in their bodies that was at, you know, fault or defective. And they really carry this burden. And you know, we all grieve, we all lose something, but when it comes to a child, especially, you know, through abortion, because we make that choice, we believe that we don't deserve to grieve. And if you don't process your emotions, your feelings, they get stuck and they come out sideways, you know? So a lot of women will experience, you know, migraines, back pains, um, just chronic illness, fatigue, depression, anxiety. Um, Some even experience suicidal thoughts. So the mission for forgiving the girl is just to understand that you're not alone, that there's so many women that share your story and their support. 
So with that spun off, um, I just um, we just got our not-for-profit status, Divine Timing Ministries. It's a safe place for women post-abortion to go to get support. We have bi-weekly meetups via Zoom. We have a chat. Um, we have a Facebook group. And we're our goal is to build a retreat center where we can offer retreats for women to come and get their healing through forgiving themselves, processing that, connecting with their unborn child, and just really understanding that that was the best choice that they made for themselves at that time. And they do need to grieve and process that and work through it so that they can do something better. And to know that they're not alone, that they're not like, you know, they don't need to wear the letter A on their sweater or anything like that. Um, and then I Date Money was born. I've been on the online coaching world since August of 20 and became a certified financial coach and I couldn't teach it. I couldn't do it. So I circumvented it. I didn't feel worthy. And I started off as a health and fitness coach. Then I went to client attraction marketing. And then I went into as a coach for post-abortion women. And then I said, I'm done. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> and then uh, my coach is like, what do you love to do? And I'm like, I don't know. I like to talk about money. Every time I talk to a client, I do aromatherapy. They want to talk about finances and I want to talk about money. And she's like, so, and we were talking, she's, well, what's your money? What's, what's going on with money? What's your money situation? What results do you have? I go, well, I see money as a person. Money is my best friend. We're partners and we do this. She goes, so you date money. And I'm like, yeah, I date money. And she's like, yeah, well, there yeah, you I go. Do. And, uh, and, and I date money was born in November and, uh, in December we launched the beta and wealth activation and it's just been a huge blessing. I have a monthly membership crush on debt, which is a $7 monthly membership container just to help ladies understand that they can love their debt and pay it down and still, you know, date money. So that's been a lot of fun watching ladies, you know, raise their credit score. My one client paid off. $33,000 of debt in three months and raised. Oh my goodness. So yeah. And it's just the, the testimonies and the, the beautiful things that they're sharing. And, you know, we, we hop on calls and we do aromatherapy and using the aromatherapy. I mean, anytime you get all sense, five senses involved in what you're doing with your mindset, it accelerates it, you know, and I, I had a client who just lost, she just got fired from her nine to five. And, you know, she said before she worked with me, she would have been scared to death. Like, where's, oh, I, I lost my job. You know, she's got a mortgage. She's got this. But since she's in wealth activation, she's like, yeah, no worries. I, she's not even, I mean, she's looking for a job, but she's exploring entrepreneur um, opportunities. She's really good at editing videos. Crystal Lilly, if you guys need a video editor, she does my video. It's great. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Lisa, this is incredible. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on and share this. We date money, you guys, and let's get it. So, Lisa, I just want to give you another like minute or two here. If there's any last bits you want to, you know, talk about whether it's your programs or you know any workshops or you know the podcast again, any last bits that you want to include before we jump off here. And the best way to connect with you and reach out to you, let us know because I'm yeah, sure there'll so, be people reaching out. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Brittany. You're awesome hostess. I am launching a YouTube show Thursday, June 1st. It's called I Date Money Presents Money Talks with Lisa Drennan. So I am looking for guests. It's a casual TV show type of atmosphere where we talk about your relationship with money. Like, what's it like for you to date money? You know, how do you believe money treats you? Those kind of stories. And, you know, entrepreneurs, I've been talking to entrepreneurs at the end of they do a little talent. So I've had someone 
cook for us. I've had someone sing, um, all kinds of different talents that people are showcasing. And I'm really super excited about that. That's how I launch. That's how I share my program. Um, Wealth Activation is a six-month container where ladies come and really work on money management, money mindset, and multiplying their money. Because if you don't have a plan in place, money management, aka as budget, I don't like the word budget. It's too restrictive. Um, I'm never going to tell my clients you have to cut expenses. We create a customized wealth activation roadmap for you. And then you get to decide how you want your money to work. You partner with money. And going through the money dating game is a really fun experience to get you started. Um, when you go in, you get the money multiplier system. It's a free gift where I teach you the strategy, tell you to get the book, The Richest Man in Babylon, and really simply just doing it, just committing to it. If you could do one thing today, my word of advice would be, Take 10% of all of your income and put it in a savings account that earns a minimum of 3.5% interest and really celebrate that. Look at that, you know, every month when that interest gets credited, celebrate that and watch how quickly your money will grow. And the best way to get a hold of me is um, I'm on Facebook, but idatemoney.com. You can send me a message and I can respond really quickly that way. Incredible. Lisa, this has been absolutely amazing. Thank you so much again for coming on the show, adding so much value. You guys, let's all go date money and like, you know, celebrate the little wins along the way as well, right? It will pay off. So thank you so much, Lisa, for, you know, opening up, being vulnerable at certain points throughout the interview, because that is real and that's raw and that's what's going to relate. So I appreciate that truly. You guys also don't forget to go check out um, The Richest Man in Babylon. Did I say that right? Go, go check it out. I know I will be as well. So thank you again, Lisa. And group, if you're listening and enjoy, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur or higher and want to come on just like Lisa Drennan did today, talk about your story, talk about the podcast, your programs, um, please go to top100interview.com. I'd love to have you on as well. (laughs) bye guys thanks lisa hey everyone i hope you really enjoyed that episode as always if you want to listen to more daily interview content make sure you subscribe and here's three ways i can help you in your business for free one check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel and this is actually how i was able to quit social media forever you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high-ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.